This is Mary Deturis-Past, and you're listening to Lifelines, where we are learning to be spiritual beings living in a material world. And that's a pretty tall order, isn't it? At least I think so. This world of ours doesn't like to give us the time or the space or even the inclination toward the spiritual life. But we come together in places like podcasts and blogs and on social media and in person And we join each other on this journey, and that's how we make it happen. So thank you for being here, and let's get started today. So we are about halfway through our Lenten journey. Halfway there. I could start singing a Bon Jovi song to you right now, right? Living on a prayer. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be living on a prayer. And so let's talk about that a little bit today, where we are on that Lenten journey, how we're doing how we're not doing, how we're feeling about the whole thing. We may be disappointed in our practice so far. Maybe we're not staying true to it, or maybe we're feeling our resolve weaken, or maybe we bit off more than we could chew, which is a lot of times what we do. Our spiritual eyes are bigger than our stomachs, and so we make a big long list of all the great practices that we're going to do during Lent, and we set ourselves up to fail from day one. So let's take a look, and we're allowed to readjust and to reimagine and to figure out what these Lenten practices are supposed to do for us. It's not just some sort of practice that we do as, uh, as a punishment. Yes, Lenten, Lent is a time of repentance, but it's not a time of just punishment or sacrifice for sacrifice's sake. It's to lead us closer to God right? So that's the point of this journey. That's the point of the whole spiritual journey. Lent just gives us this really nice 40-day container to sort of examine it in a deeper way and maybe come up with some practices that we're going to take beyond Lent. So take a look at what you're doing this Lent in terms of prayer and fasting or sacrifice and service and start to really reflect on what the goal is for this season. What were you thinking when you made that sacrifice? Is it just the same thing you do every Lent? Like you, you know, I'm a great one for saying, I'm going to give up eating in between meals, or I'm going to give up sweets or things like that. But what's the reasoning behind it? What, I'm, what am I hoping that's going to do in terms of shaping my spiritual life and changing or deepening my relationship with God? And that can be a tough question because... Um, The fasting and the service and the almsgiving and all of it goes nowhere if it's not all grounded in prayer, right? So we are living on a prayer. We are living on lots of prayers. And that's really got to be the heart of our Lenten practice, no matter what other things we're doing. I've said a couple of times recently in different retreat talks that prayer is the air under the wings of fasting and almsgiving. Without prayer, you just have diets and philanthropy, right? The fasting and the almsgiving do not become spiritual practices unless they have a spiritual element, which is prayer, and unless we tie them to something bigger than us. Because we can very quickly fall into the trap of New Year's 2.0. Whatever we didn't come follow through on, whatever resolution didn't come to fruition, we come back around to it at Lent, and we're like, well, I'll give up sweets, 
And maybe at the end of 40 days, I'll also lose five pounds. And so our Lenten fast is kind of got like an ulterior motive to it. So starting to look at, and I say that about myself too, like I'm not, I'm not exempt from this. I'm right on the journey with you and I'm dealing with the same struggles. So for me, I, um, I decided I was going to bring meditation into my day. It's something I have done regularly. And when I'm in a really good streak, I do it every single morning. But I'd kind of gotten away from the practice. So I decided I was going to put myself in the presence of God in silence for um, between 10 and 15 minutes every morning before I could have my coffee, because my coffee is really uh, the carrot that's dangling out there trying to get me to do things. Um, and I will tell you, honest to goodness, this morning when I woke up, I really was trying desperately to convince myself that I should not do my meditation this morning. I spent at least 10 or 15 minutes in bed trying to convince myself that I did not have the time to do 10 or 15 minutes of meditation and that I had a lot of work on my plate and that my head wasn't in the right spot and there were all these different things that I needed to do. I had, my back was sore and I tend to sit on a meditation cushion on the ground. And so, you know, sore back, that seemed like a good excuse for not doing my meditation right away. And I thought, well, I'll just go downstairs and I'll get my coffee and then I'll meditate. And then I just paused. I just took a big pause and really tried to get honest with myself and say, if you skip your meditation right now, what will you do in those 10 to 15 minutes? That's it. 10 to 15 minutes is not big slice of my day instead. And I had to admit to myself, and it didn't take much time to figure that out, that what I was going to do was pour myself a cup of coffee and pick up my phone and pick up where I left off before I went to bed, which is scrolling through Facebook, checking email, texting with family and friends. There was absolutely nothing going that was urgent that needed to happen in those 15 minutes before I went down and had my coffee that should have taken me away from my promise to sit with God for 15 minutes. But we are so good at convincing ourselves that we, we are justified in whatever it is we feel we need to do. So I did come and sit on my cushion. And I will tell you that I struggled a little bit more than usual to block out the distractions. But by the end, I could feel myself kind of smiling just because I had taken that time. And I know that there's absolutely no reason why I should have a problem finding 10 to 15 minutes a day for quiet time with God. And yet, I am a master at figuring out ways around it. Um, as I often say, I can read endless numbers of books. And if you looked around my office and my house, you would see that is not a lie of books on meditation and contemplation and centering prayer and modern day mystics and everything that Merton or Nowen have written. I can just go on and on and on because I would rather read a book about meditation or contemplation or mysticism than sit down, be quiet and wait to see if I can hear the spirit moving in my life. So I figured I wanted to start with that today because one thing I want people to know is that I am by no means an expert in any of this. I am a fellow companion on the spiritual journey with you, and I love to hear from you because it's how we learn from each other. And I love conversations, so always feel like you can reach out to me and pick up a conversation either on social media or through my website. 
um, just reach out anytime because I love talking about this. And I especially love talking about Lent because despite my challenges, it is my favorite season in the liturgical year. It really is this time apart. Advent is very special, but Lent has this its feel to it. It's got that desert feel, right? It's different. It's things are stripped down. The liturgy is stripped down. The decorations are stripped down. Our lives are supposed to be stripped down a little bit more. And we're coming back to the basics, right? And we move through this season. Um, and the constant refrain, if you're paying attention to the scripture readings throughout our liturgies, are mercy, compassion, kindness, love. That our God is a God of mercy and compassion and kindness and love, and that this season, despite all of the sorrow that we know comes at the end of this season, is also a season of joy. I, I wrote recently, can you have a happy Lent? Well, not happy the way the world sees happy, but joyful the way our faith sees joyful. Joyful that lives in us even when we're not happy. And that is a huge challenge, but that is something that Lent helps teach us year after year, little by little, that we have a joy that comes from God, that lives in us, that can remain unaffected by everything going on around us. And how do we find that joy? We find it in prayer, and we find it in silence and solitude, and we find it in a prayer where we stop talking. I know that's easy for me to say when I've got a microphone right now, right? But it's true. We can say all of the rosaries and novenas and liturgy of the hours and all of the prayers, all the prayers that are part of the beautiful tradition of our faith. But if we don't stop talking at some point and just listen with the ear of our heart, like St. Benedict taught, we never really have the chance to hear what God is telling us through the Spirit that lives and moves through us every day of our lives, even when we're not aware of it or paying attention. So what are some things we can be doing that are not going to add a giant item to the top of our to-do list and make our lives more difficult and make us less likely to pray? What could we be doing in our lives that will bring us in contact with the divine amid the everyday events of our lives? And if you know me, you know I wrote a book called Everyday Divine. And so finding God in the ordinariness of our lives is one of my favorite topics. So what we can do is start looking for God and for the movement of the Spirit and the the idea and... um, reality of the divine in our world right around us. So for me, this starts with attention, starting to be more attentive to our world and our lives and the people in our world and our lives. It starts uh, with gratitude. Gratitude is a huge piece of this. And it, and it really does come down to intentional silence, not just sitting silently and looking at something else or thinking about something else, but this silence and solitude between you and God, where you could be sitting on a busy train on the way to New York City or on a plane, and you could close your eyes and connect with God right there, right where you are. 
You do not have to go to the desert. You do not have to go to a monastery. You do not even have to go to a private room in your house with a nobody home. You can meet God right in the mundane moments of your life, wherever you are. One of my favorite ways of doing this that I discovered when I was writing Everyday Divine is using that time in a waiting room um, to pray. I can remember sitting in a doctor's office waiting for a test, and it was an endless wait, and you know how those are, and I was getting agitated. And suddenly I decided, what would happen if I flipped this? What would happen if I paid attention to the people who are around me, many of whom were much older than me and probably dealing with more serious conditions, and acknowledged that there were people right next to me that may have terrible things happening in their lives that are really scary. And we're all waiting. We're all waiting together. And what if I prayed for them instead of just being agitated that the doctor is running behind? And so I turned that waiting period, that emptiness that felt like a waste of my time into a moment of connection with God and prayer for other people taking that spotlight off myself, right? Because I'm so often it's going to be, what about me? Why do I have to wait? So taking that off myself, putting that spotlight onto others and their needs, and then using that silent time to sort of find God there. And what happens is you become grateful. You become grateful for what you, you have in your life, despite what other challenges you have. And then it makes you more open. So gratitude, gratitude is a super easy practice. And I've talked about it in previous podcasts, and I keep threatening to do an entire podcast on gratitude, and I promise I will. But gratitude is a life-changing practice. Get a spiral notebook. It doesn't have to be fancy. Every night before you go to bed, take a pen, write down three things that you're grateful for that happened in your day. It could be the most mundane thing. The smell of coffee in the morning. Can you tell that coffee is a refrain for me? Uh, the cat on your lap purring, the sun shining through a window, um, your child doing something special, or your spouse doing something great at work, or coming home and making dinner, or whatever it is, the bird at the bird feeder. None of the things have to be these fantastic things. They can because they're all fantastic. In fact, the more mundane the thing is that you can be grateful for the more powerful the practice, because you start to then notice just how much there is around you every moment of every day to be grateful for. And it flips your life, and you start seeing your life through the lens of abundance instead of the, the, the lens of lack. So abundance starts to win out over the, I wish I had, I wish I could, I wish I uh, could go to, I wish I could become this, or I'm going to be more prayerful when I retire, when my kids get big, when I don't have these jobs hanging over my head, because we have all these things that we got to clear out of the way before we're going to have this time for God or the time to be grateful. And the time is now. Now is the time, right? None of us are guaranteed anything. So now is the time to be grateful. And now is the time to connect with God. And Lent, we have a few more weeks left of Lent, a beautiful time in the church year, which because will take us right into Holy Week and the Triduum, and then Easter. And of course, Easter is a whole season of its own, gives us another 50 days for a special season. So use these weeks of Lent to explore 
how you're using your Lenten practices, if you made Lenten practices, and if you, if you made promises for Lent, and if you didn't, that's no, no judgment there. That's fine. Um, but this is if you did make those practices or promises, look at them and see what they're doing to bring you closer to God. And if they're not helping you grow closer to God, how can you sort of readjust them and reimagine them so maybe they have the ability to help you grow and deepen your prayer life and that relationship with God? And if you're just not doing the Lent thing and you're just thinking about, well, how can I deepen that relationship anyway, no matter where I am, then just look at this time that you spend in connection with God. Where can you expand it? Can you expand it by turning off the radio in your car and just spending silent time in connection with God while you drive? And if you're not comfortable with that, maybe then just put on a podcast or an app that are spiritual that maybe will nourish your soul and give you some things to think about. Can you go for a walk and spend that time not listening to anything, but listening for God? So listening for the movement of the spirit in our lives and quieting our need to fill the empty space with our many requests and prayers and thank yous and all of those things are wonderful and God wants to hear from us no matter what we're saying. But can we quiet that all down and let the spirit get a get a word in edgewise? So as you head into these last few weeks of Lent and beyond, because all of this doesn't end when Lent ends, right? That's not the point. The point is that maybe we get some transformation. But to allow God to transform you on God's terms. We often want transformation, but we want transformation on our own terms, our own agenda. We set out and we think, I'm going to be transformed. I want to be somebody different. And we don't actually step out of the way and let God do the transforming. Because usually God's transformation is much more challenging than what we uh, plan out for ourselves. At least that's what I found. So it's quieting ourselves down, getting out of God's way and our own way, and seeing where the rest of this Lenten journey will take us if we just open ourselves up to what God has in store and listen with the ear of our heart. This is Mary Deturis Paust, and you have been listening to Lifelines, where we are learning to be spiritual beings in a material world. Thank you for joining me today, and I look forward to talking with you again soon. Peace, blessings, love, and every good thing. <laughs>